You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio, episode 244 of the Canadians Connection podcast, by the way. Uh, welcome to the show. That's right. Uh, I am not Michael Spinella. I, I probably sound a little bit different. A little bit. And uh, that's okay. Uh, we uh, we wish Michael Spinella a happy weekend, and I am happy to be here uh, temporarily sitting in his seat this week. Uh, if you're not familiar with me, my name is Amy Johnson. I am your host today for the show. Happily, glad to be here. I'm also the lead correspondent over at our sister website, ahlreport.com, uh, covering the Laval Rocket and Habs prospects. And uh, welcome. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, we, we're here to keep you informed, engaged, and entertained. And as I said, I will be your host for the next hour for episode 244. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, who happens to be our editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports, the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. He is still here with us today. How you doing, sir? Very happy to have you back and very happy to have our listeners back for episode 244 it is the May long weekend, uh, mm -hmm. the official start to summer, um, and it were uh, the conference finals and the Stanley Cup playoffs are underway. Four teams, just four teams left: Florida versus Carolina and Dallas versus Vegas. Not uh, not a traditional. I was going to uh, say markets it's, there. It's interesting to me. As soon as the final schedule was set, um, the first thing out of my mouth was, "Wow." That is four teams that probably 10 years, some of them weren't even in the league 10 years ago, but 10 years ago were very non-traditional uh, hockey markets. And uh, one of them is going to be a Stanley Cup winner. So so no Stanley Cup uh, win for a Canadian team. Again. And again, and now that has uh, will reach the 30-year mark. That's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely crazy. But on the flip side of that, I say it's a good indication of the growth of the game in those newer markets as well, which is, mm -hmm. which is always a positive yep. thing to see. Um, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, really excited about today's show. Um, we're going to go through some, some general news and headlines to start things off as we always do kind of ease you into the week a bit, uh, get you up to date on, on how things are going around general 
Montreal Canadiens and NHL uh, news and so forth. Uh, we've got some winners to talk about this week, which is always fun. Uh, Habs prospects uh, still in action uh, in the run up to the Memorial Cup. Um, and of course, we're going to talk as we do every week this time of year. We're going to give you some of uh, the latest news about uh, coming out about the upcoming NHL entry draft, uh, some general hockey news and notes and so forth. And then we're going to go a little more into the draft in our second segment in our big topic when I am happy to say that we uh, have a special guest joining Rick and I in the studio in our second segment. Uh, back once again, one of our uh, one of our favorite guests to have on the show, Mr. Russ Cohen. Um prospect evaluator, hockey analyst, and uh, contributes all over the place. And he is here to talk about his most recent uh, draft ranking list that just came out this past week and specifically kind of take a look at some of the options that the Canadians will have in the first round available to them. So that's going to be a terrific interview that you don't want to miss in the second segment. And then in the third segment, of course, we're going to have a question of the week for you that we want to hear about from you. We're going to hear some of your comments um, in in that we've received various uh, avenues and vehicles to do that uh, throughout the week and uh, get you all set up for what's coming up next week. So it's going to be a pretty fun show today. Great show. Don't forget, this is an interactive podcast, and you're going to find that out right in that third segment, like I just said. Uh, you can text us at any time via the Rocket Sports text line. That number, in case you've not heard it before, is 5853-ROCKET. Again, text us at 5853-ROCKET if you've got questions, comments, suggestions. We want to hear about them. And just like we're going to do uh, in the third segment this week, sometimes we're going to read those uh, comments that you send us right here on the show. So if you have something to say, that's a great way to do it. You can also reply to us on Twitter. That's another way that we're going to share with you a re uh, listener comment today. Uh, and so to do that, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, be sure you're following us at Habs Connection. And of course, visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. Lots of ways for you to leave uh, your comments or questions and uh, maybe even become part of the show. Fabulous. Uh, to kick things off this week, really, uh, really nice story uh, related to the Montreal Canadiens' current roster, the current captain, Nick Suzuki, receiving the 2023 Sakura Award at the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center. Um, and that's a, that's a pretty nice honor for Nick Suzuki. Uh, the, the award given to him for his promotion of Japanese culture. Um, mm -hmm. And that happened, as you said, at the Canadian Cultural Center in Toronto with him uh, to accept that award was his mom, Amanda, Amanda and, and uh, she uh, tweeted out a really nice um, <laughs> uh, uh, promotion of uh, at her place, um, placemat of uh, the recipient winners. Um, and uh, Nick was very, very proud to receive that award. Absolutely. Congratulations to him. And that's that's a wonderful, uh, wonderful honor for him. Uh, in terms of the world championship that's going on right now, the Montreal Canadiens do have seven players uh, participating. Armia, Barron, Farrell, Hudson, Luke Tuck, uh, Frederick Decal, and Sam Montembeau. Collectively, they're representing Team USA, Team Canada, Team Denmark, and Team Finland. Um, and some of them are uh, really kind of uh, moving, moving the needle a bit. Uh, Joel Armia 
in particular for Finland with uh, with three points. Lane Hudson for the U.S. Uh, with four points. Now those aren't they did have games going on early today on Saturday, so that might those those stats are going to be updated a little bit. Uh, Sam Montembo losing uh, with Team Canada uh, earlier today, um, so he's got a two and one record now. Um, every, yep. It's kind of getting all spread out a little bit there. Um, it's been an interesting world so far. Uh, Frederick Decau, the other uh, goaltender, mm-hmm. Canadians goaltender, uh, playing for Denmark um, in the tournament was. Uh, he was very good, had a 3-1 and one record uh, going, but he was injured um, after being perfect, 15 saves in, in that uh, game against the U.S., um, was injured, and and um, uh, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Montembeau um, has been, I mean, he looked good um, against Slovakia and Latvia and got two wins. Uh, didn't look very good against the Swiss. Um, he gave, gave up. Three goals on 26 shots, I believe. 884 save percentage. Um, not not his best game. I, th- I thought it was a, a little humorous. We we know the the cheerleading that goes on and perhaps uh, of an overzealous nature. And we uh, saw an article in the Athletic uh, this week uh, that Sam Montembeau deserves an extension based on uh, his performance <laughs> at the Worlds, and that oh. was when he had. Only faced Latvia and uh, uh-huh. Slovakia. Um, anyway, uh, a little silly. Some people very excited about uh, about him and and listen, uh, not to not to to disparage what goes on at the Worlds, but the talent level is not that high. And we've heard from um, scouts that um, it's it's just uh, it's it's not very meaningful to the scouting community this particular uh, tournament. No. Um, at this point, we'll just remember, uh, we'll just mention one other thing. Um, and, and both of us, I think were disturbed, traded messages about, uh, the incident between, uh, Joe Valeno and, and Nino Niederreiter in the, the Canada Swiss game Valeno with just a disgusting move, um, using his skate to stomp on, looked like the ankle, of Niederreiter and, and while he had him pinned up against the boards yeah, uh, in a puck battle, it was disgusting. Uh, we don't know at this point, as we record, if there'll be any dis- further discipline. There better uh, be. Yeah, um, it was it was just ugly, an ugly move. There's no place for intentional, you know, intent to injure moves like that, particularly with a skate blade. Um, there were so many things that could have gone horribly wrong with him doing that. Um, I definitely think he needs to exit the ice for a while. Um, this week, uh, we do have, well, normally this is where we say, hey, now let's uh, let's turn to this week's winners and losers. But we've just got winners this week. I and do- now it's time for this week's winners and losers. On the Canadian's Connection. Now, I do have a loser that I'm going to talk about a little later. <laughs> I can't. I can't come on the show and not have a loser. All I'm right. sorry. But for today, uh, we're just going to highlight the the winners. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to let you go first this time. All right. Um, I'm going to turn to the Florida Panthers, who are on an amazing run, made it to uh, the conference finals. Um after really squeaking into the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. this year, 
and kind of a reversal of their uh, season last year where they were monsters of the regular season. They won the President's Trophy, um, beat the Capitals uh, to get to the second round, uh, and then were uh, uh, just swept uh, in the second round by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, and a very disappointing season. And um, you know, so, so what do you do? What do you do at that point? And mm-hmm. Bill Zito, the GM of the Florida Panthers, made some rather bold moves, many thought. Um, there, there was an interim coach that had uh, stepped in and uh, helped the, the Florida Panthers uh, claim that uh, president's trophy. His name was Andrew Burnett. Um, and, and Andrew Burnett was a finalist for the Jack Adams award. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was let go, uh, by Bill Zito. Um, Zito thought that what the team needed was a very experienced coach and got one of the most experienced in Paul Maurice. Uh, Paul Maurice has been, he's been amazing, um, in the playoffs, the, mm-hmm. the moves that he's made to oust the Boston Bruins, uh, the, you know, according to, to to Bruins fans, the best team ever, points wise. Anyway, and then the powerhouse uh, leaves. Uh, the other thing he did was um, to trade away uh, left winger Jonathan Huberdeau um, and uh, defenseman Mackenzie Weger. Um, and and at that point, uh, Huberdeau was was the the leading scorer in franchise history. Um, Uyghur, a mainstay on 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 defense, mm-hmm. uh, to bring in Matthew Kachuk from from Calgary, uh, and we've seen how that's turned out in the playoffs. Matthew Kachuk has been incredible. Um, he needed to change the scenery from Calgary, and and and, and has responded under Paul Maurice and uh, scored uh, the the goal uh, in the fourth overtime. In game one of the Eastern Conference Final with 12.7 seconds left uh, to give uh, Florida, at the time we record this, Florida a one nothing lead over Carolina. Um, so my winner of the week is uh, the GM of the Florida Panthers, Bill Zito. Well, something you just said just there is a nice segue to my winner of the week because my winner of the week is anyone listening out there and hockey fans everywhere who are self-proclaimed night owls (laughs) any of you who enjoy staying up till the wee hours of the night um especially raising my hand over here yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um that would not be you know i when i was younger i used to love staying up late i don't anymore (laughs) i really enjoy (laughs) sleeping um and boy, this week, I mean, the playoffs in general, there have been so many overtime games in the Stanley Cup playoffs already uh, this year. And I'm even going to pull the Calder Cup playoffs into this as well. It's been the same in the AHL. But this week in particular, kicked off on Monday night with a triple overtime game in the AHL. And then, yes, a quadruple overtime game uh, for the NHL. Um I mean, it's just been, I mean, we saw uh, Vegas Dallas went to overtime uh, on on Friday night. Um, it's just been one late night after another. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it's I think it's great. It's showing that the teams that are competing are competitive. There have not been very exceptionally lopsided games. So it's been terrific hockey, uh, unpredictable hockey. Uh, the fans have been loving it, 
and uh, the night owls everywhere uh, <laughs> are big winners. Seven periods of hockey, that Florida-Carolina game. Well, as I said to Patrick Williams on the Press Zone podcast earlier this week, which happened to be the day following the triple overtime game in the AHL, I said, anytime it starts to go to three overtimes, I get twitchy from having to cover Mm -hmm. the AHL's longest game about five years ago between the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the Charlotte Checkers that went to five overtimes. Yikes. And um, happened to be Alex Lyon (laughs) in that for the Phantoms that night who uh, helped the Florida Panthers get to where they're at right now. So we'll tie in there too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so switching gears from uh, tournament play with the World Championship and so forth to Habs prospects uh, currently still playing in the CHL playoffs. And there are still three prospects remaining. Uh, the Peterborough Peets and the London Knights are still uh, at it in the OHL final. That means Logan Mayu and Owen Beck are still alive, although... Uh, breaking news today, Owen Beck is going to sit for a couple of games. Yeah, he'll be suspended for the rest of the OHL um, final. Uh, mm-hmm. Suspended two games for a slew foot at near the end of, of uh, that game five. Yeah. Um, and the Winnipeg Ice uh, finally ousted... Um, or sorry, so Winnipeg Ice versus the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL final Seattle won that series four to one, and that meant Jared Davidson, with his 19 games played, uh, is on his way to the Memorial Cup. Ah, uh, that's terrific. Yeah. Uh, for Jared Davidson, um, Memorial Cup this year in Kamloops. Um, so we know that uh, Kamloops and the Seattle Thunderbirds, Kamloops Blazers and the Seattle Thunderbirds are two of the entries, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, uh, Peterborough London series. Uh, London won the first game. Peterborough the next three. London uh, won that game five to extend that series. Log- Logan Mayu is having a tremendous uh, playoff. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the other person who's had a pretty tremendous playoff uh, for Seattle is Thunderbirds goaltender Thomas Millich. Um, he was uh, earlier in the year named the WHL goaltender of the year. Uh, and just after last night's game, he was named the 2023 WHL Playoff MVP. Um, so, nice. congrats! Yeah, so congratulations uh, to him. Um, and you know, whether it's that uh, that seven period game, the four overtime game, or whether it's the playoffs in the WHL, I'll just say, uh, as I, I've said many times before, goaltending matters. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about goaltending uh, in the rest of the show. We are. That's for sure. Um, just a little quick uh, dip of the toe into the NHL entry draft that's coming up in about a month. Uh, a couple of bits of news uh, league-wide around that. The NHL has finally announced the order, the selection order for the first 28 picks for next month's entry draft, Rick. So that means, of course, there's four positions that still have yet to be determined at the end of the first round. And those get decided in uh, the conference by the conference finals in the Stanley Cup final. Currently, uh, the Montreal Canadiens hold Florida's 
uh, pick at, uh, well, it will be no better than the 29th spot, but, mm-hmm. but given the way Florida's playing, <laughs> could be worse than that. Could be worse than that. Uh, and of course, uh, this is the time that everyone starts to make their predictions and speculations and prognostications as to who's going to do what, who's going to select where, who are they going to choose, particularly in the first round. And uh, we saw an article come out at TVS Sport this week titled Another Perot with CH. Do we really need to go there? <laughs> well, I, I guess they're hopeful. Um, and they're talking about uh, Gabe Perot, um, who played with the national development team in the U.S. Um, and he is the, the son, uh, the youngest of four children of Yannick Perot, played with uh, the Canadians in the early 2000s. Um, Yannick Perot, now a development coach with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Gabe Perot um, was originally from um, Sherbrooke, but grew up uh, with his dad uh, playing in the NHL. He grew up in in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, And when he plays internationally, he represents uh, the U.S., considers himself... Um, an American, um, and um, he this past year set the uh, single season points record um, and passed Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes, um, and I believe it was 132 points uh, on mm. 53 goals, 79 assists in 63 games, um, and. Uh, they, he was asked, where would you like to play? Who, where would you like to be drafted? And, and um, he said, you know, obviously he wants just to be drafted um, somewhere in the first round. Currently mm-hmm. he's ranked in the mid-20s. Um, uh, but they asked if he would like to be uh, drafted by the Canadians. And he said, yes, by, by, by Chicago or Montreal, that would be, that would ah. be nice. Um, so whether the Canadians with their late first round pick would take a Gabe Perot or not, um, what what is is what are his attributes? I guess uh, um, hockey intelligence, um, a high hockey IQ. He's a he's a good playmaker. Um, there's lots of questions about his skating, and there's lots of questions about would he have been as successful with different line mates? He was very fortunate um, that um, on one side, that that his line mates were a top five choice in this uh, draft. That's Will Smith and a top 10 choice and Ryan Leonard. Um, So that line was very effective for the U.S. development team. All three uh, are going to uh, be at Boston College next year. We'll see if they happen to play together. Uh, but a nice story about uh, Gabe Perot. Maybe not uh, uh, bound uh, to be part of the Canadians, but uh, uh, there's a bit of legacy there that uh, TVL was looking at. Mm-hmm, for sure. And uh, as we mentioned uh, at the top of the show, we're going to go a little deeper into who the Canadians might be selecting in that first round uh, coming up with our interview with Russ Cohen in just a little bit in our second segment. A couple of other bits of news from around the NHL, which um, were, I would say, if there was a week for the NHL to have a couple of bombshells, this <laughs> this was certainly a week that you could name. Uh, the first and foremost, I think, was a big shock to everyone that uh, voters in Tempe, Arizona, did not vote to approve 
The proposal to build the new sports and entertainment district, which would include an arena for the Arizona Coyotes, did not pass through on Election Day on Tuesday. And it's odd, too, because it's not as if they were um, being asked to fund uh, this arena. No. Uh, this was a privately funded arena. Uh, in fact, uh, the sports and entertainment complex valued at $2.1 billion uh, privately financed. The um, the community, Tempe community, would have to provide uh, some road infrastructure uh, to the complex um, and would have to clean up a, a dump site, which is th- this is being built on a uh, on a dump site, which uh, they're going to have to do anyway. So uh, there wasn't a lot of new money required there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, this is, again, uh, you see Gary Batman and, and involved so much. He, um, he was involved in some last minute wrangling. He attended every single, uh, council meeting personally. Uh, this is a personal, well, you could say, yeah, I could say a pet project, but it's more than that. It's almost an obsession. Um, you know, we didn't see him doing any of these things for Winnipeg. Um, where they did have the fan support um, and pulled uh, that team out and, and moved it to, to Arizona. And over the last 27, however many years it's been, uh, it's been one disaster after another. Um, well, I think that's Gary's MO, is that is that Bettman is bound and determined to not have this move to Arizona that he instigated be a failure. And we understand, you know, uh, it's the fifth biggest market um, in the U.S., um, but how many of those are actually hockey fans? Apparently yeah. not very many. Apparently not. Um, so that was kind of the first gigantic bomb to drop about it uh, when late Tuesday night in the voting uh, all was tallied and, and they realized that they did not have the voter support to put the proposal through. Um, So that was the big headline that everybody wakes up to then on Wednesday morning, followed almost very immediately by um, two things happening almost simultaneously. Uh, The Coyotes and and their CEO put out a statement. And at the same time, Bill Daly made an appearance on ESPN and basically said the same thing. Both of them saying, don't worry. Um, the Coyotes will play at Mullet Arena again next year. And That's I think everyone news, huh? said, what? what? <laughs> Since when? Um, and, and okay, didn't know that that was an option. <laughs> Mullet Arena being the 5,000-seat um, arena at Arizona, Arizona State University. We know that the NHLPA, Marty Walsh, has spoke out strongly against having his players play there. Um, and, and for how long, you know, what's, what's the next solution? So obviously there was all kinds of discussion about, uh, relocation and, and was it going to be, um, a Houston, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Salt Lake city, Kansas city, Sacramento, and, and, you know, the, the outliers, uh, the, the long shots in, in Halifax, Quebec city, Hamilton, Saskatoon, um, it doesn't look like the NHL is still at this at this stage is is considering that um, it looks like they're trying to force some sort of solution 
uh, in the valley. Where it seems that way, uh, the the statement made by Arizona CEO uh, saying, you know, we've we've begun reengaging with our potential partners. Um, there's rumors circulating that they'll turn to the arena that the, the Phoenix Suns play in which is Arizona's NBA team, and maybe there will be a solution there. Well, which would require, it's not built for hockey, no. so it would require a major multi, yeah, renovation, retrofit, and, and several summers to do that. That's right. So that's all up in the air. Um, then a day later, day or two later, um, Coyotes prospect Logan Cooley, um, who was just drafted uh, third overall last summer, uh, has announced that he will not um, give up his spot in the NCAA. He's going to return to the University of Minnesota next season. Um, And I can't, you know, the cynical side of me can't help but think that maybe that announcement came out after election day for a reason. See how that vote went. Um, I don't know. We don't have anything firm to to. I'm just kind of guessing there, but it could have had something to do with it. Probably best for him to stay out of that mess. Um, he had a tremendous season, mm-hmm. um, his rookie season at the University of Minnesota. He was a finalist for the uh, Hobie Baker Award. Um, so, you know, not a bad decision for him uh, to go back for his sophomore year. Now, I am going to add a third bullet point here before we move on to the next a piece of information from the NHL this week. Um, Next topic, I should say. And this is where my, if we had done losers of the week, this is where my loser of the week was going to come in. And it's the Arizona Coyotes, but not for this arena debacle per se. The, The whole, this, this whole, the fact that the proposal didn't get voted through all of it, it's to me, it's a, it's a very sad and unfortunate situation for fans of the Arizona Coyotes for players who play for the Arizona Coyotes who who are tired of this constant push and pull and and uncertainty I think it's all very unfortunate. My loser to be specific is the Arizona Coyotes social media team because talk about just not reading a room and and completely completely missing the boat on how serious this situation is. This whole mess comes out. And yesterday afternoon, Friday afternoon, their social media team put out a tweet that said, and of course, since they're the Coyotes, they call their fan base the the pack, like a pack of Coyotes. And so they put out a tweet that essentially, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but they said, hey, pack, if this tweet gets 20,000 likes, will... We'll tell you the plans for our new arena. And I think everybody, like some people made fun of it and said, there, you can't even find 20,000 people to sit in your, to sit and buy a ticket for a hockey game. But there were plenty of people that were like, oh, oh, oh okay. Like, do they actually have something to say? Like, so very quickly, uh, probably within less than two hours, they racked up the, the, the 20,000 likes that they needed. I went back and checked this morning to see if they followed through and announced anything. And, you know, I mean, it's an odd way to, to it's an announce odd way. Yeah, it's an, an arena, a little bit of a childish kind of way to in the in just a few days after this this unfortunate election news comes out um, to announce something. But, uh, oh, OK, let's just see. So what is it? 
So sure enough, I, I checked this morning and and they they stuck to their word. They had a secondary tweet that said, here's a link to our new arena plans. Okay. You click on it and it goes to a very basic looking um, page that says new arena plans with a, a video that you can click play. And you click play and you find out that you've been rickrolled. That Rick Astley's never going to give you up video starts playing. And wow, someone in administration needs to pull their social media administrator or intern or whoever it is aside and say, this is not the time for the cute CBS. This is a very serious situation that that the fans and the team and the franchise and the organization and the NHL are in. And this was not appropriate. And I'm the first. I love goofy social media stuff. This was there's a time and a place for everything. And this was not it. No, they missed the mark completely. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to the other big bombshell of the week was um, the Toronto Maple Leafs getting uh, pushed out of the postseason. I mean, they they Leafs fans can at least say that they finally broke the curse and made it past the first round. But boy, um <laughs> The second round was not kind uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we so, want Florida Chan. The, yes, the, we want Florida Chan. Um, and so, of course, uh, you know, immediately all the speculation comes up. Uh, Kyle Dubas with a very, um, gosh, um, emotional uh, press conference on his own. Brendan Shanahan had said that he would speak to the media later, uh, didn't chose not to do a, a press conference when Shanahan did on, on uh, kind of season wrap up day. Um, and within days after that big bombshell that hit uh, was that the Leafs then uh, decided to part ways with general manager Kyle Dubas. Now, keep in mind, in Kyle Dubas's, I mean, the big highlights and headlines out of Dubas's press conference was that uh, he really was going to have to take a long, hard think and and discuss with his family whether or not he would be back next year because of of the toll that that uh, the season takes on his family and just all sorts of things, and just wasn't sure. Well, Brendan Shanahan uh, making the announcement this week that. Kyle Dubas would not be back. While watching Kyle's press, um, I, I think at that point it there was a shift in, in, in my thinking at that moment, a dramatical shift in my thinking as I drove home that night that, as Kyle expressed, he might not want to be our GM. And I have to take that very seriously. I don't think um, we've ever seen... Uh, a general manager, someone, you know, at the top of hockey operations come to a press conference and, and regardless of, of what had happened previously, say, I, I don't know if I really want to do this job. Um, and, and, and that's what his, his press conference was. It was, sure, it was emotional and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that, but I'm not sure that I still want to do the job. I need time. Um, there are... 32 of these jobs in the world. Um, mm-hmm. They're difficult to get, obviously. <laughs> yes. um, and, and you're a leader of a group of, of, of men, your players, um, your coaching staff, uh, your 
hockey operations people, your scouting people, and you come forth and, and you say and you say in public uh, to the players, to the fans, to the board, um, I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. It's um, fine if you want to think that. Sure, it is, and it's it's maybe it's even okay. Maybe if you want to say it private privately to uh, to your boss, to the president, but to say it publicly in the way he said it, um, of course, I, I know that uh, Brendan Shanahan is getting some pushback as far as how detailed he was, but I think that Brendan Shanahan was quite shocked. He was mm-hmm. going into this looking uh, to to find a way to extend uh, Kyle Dubas. And the way, to me, uh, Kyle Dubas came across as very arrogant, very cocky, um, almost putting himself out there that, you know, uh, wasn't expecting any consequences, that he's untouchable. Um, and, and I just think he overplayed his hand and, and got caught. Uh, one of the things that, you know, he, he said was, I still don't know if I want to do the job. And, uh, Brendan Shanahan said in meetings, in subsequent meetings after the presser, um, for the next few days, there was no more clarity coming from, uh, Kyle Dubas. Um, but what did come then from Dubas's agent was a big, um, was a big ask. It was a big proposal, uh, was a big counter proposal asking for whatever he asked for money, power, whatever it was. Um, and that didn't sit all that well either for someone who, you know, wasn't all, all in, wasn't a hundred percent committed to being, uh, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, it was, a bizarre week, and I, I think Dubas left uh, Shanahan. I, I don't think he had any choice but to do what he did. Well, the interesting thing is Shanahan laid out the timeline of what happened and said the the night that the Leafs got eliminated, he spoke to Kyle Dubas within hours that night and said, "You did a gr- you did a great job. Very pleased." We want you back, said that they had started discussing contract extensions back in March. Um, but that the night they got eliminated, reached out and said, of course, we still want you here. You did a great job. We're pleased. And I believe that night or or the next day sent him his contract, a contract extension proposal. Then Dubas goes out and does this press conference. That's full of ambiguity. And then within a couple of days after that, Shanahan receives this apparently preposterous counter offer from Dubas's agent. And as you say, the way Brennan Shanahan made this, there, it really backed him into a corner. Like what, what else could he have done? Mm-hmm. Um, and I should mention that this, like Dubas was the first chip to fall. Jason Spezza, who was the special assistant to Kyle Dubas, then tendered his resignation and at the AHL level, the Toronto Marlies just got ousted from the Calder Cup playoffs uh, by the Rochester Americans this week, and they have cleaned house. Uh, the entire coaching staff for the Toronto Marlies is is toast, is gone, with the goaltending coach being the only one who who survived that that firing. Um, and so. you have to wonder what that means for Sheldon Keefe, right? Uh, who was a Dubas pick, so. 
tumultuous summer coming up ahead for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And of course, that's raising the question then of once you get a new GM in place, uh, if they decide to replace the head coach, what's going to happen with the Matthews and the Marners and the Tavareses mm-hmm. and, you know, so there's a lot that's going to be uh, it's going to be a fascinating summer in Toronto, I believe. All right. Uh, we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Still to come, we're going to tackle our question of the week that's coming up in the third segment. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings and Raycon uh, Audio, who have a special incentive just for Canadians Connections listeners going on this month. Uh, so you're going to want to check that out. And then coming up next in our big topic, Russ Cohen, you know him at Sportsology on Twitter, uh, writer at EP Ringside. He is going to join Rick and I in the studio to discuss his rankings for the 2023 NHL entry draft and who might be available for the Montreal Canadiens to select in the first round. You are not going to want to miss that interview. So stay with us. This is the Canadiens Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Think you know who's going to win between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers? Or maybe you're feeling a certain way about how Vegas or Seattle is going to do. Whatever your choice is, go to DraftKings Sportsbook and make your bets before round two begins. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Once again, my name is Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at Rocket Sports on Twitter. And of course, don't forget, you can follow this podcast. Follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, don't forget... Tap that subscribe button right now if you haven't done so already. It takes just a second. You could have already done it probably six times by now since I started this sentence. So just take a minute. Make sure you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast. uh, And uh, you'll never miss an episode of the show each and every Saturday. This uh, this week... um, Very excited for our guest. Uh, We have had Russ Cohen on the show a number of times. We have always enjoyed uh, if if there's 
there's ever a time that uh, we bump into someone in a press box and can sit down and just get lost in a deep conversation uh, about prospects and scouting uh, and so on, it is definitely with Russ Cohen. He is a very highly respected sports author. He's authored I want to say nine or 10 Ten books, books think, uh, yeah. something like that. Uh, he's a hockey analyst, a prospect evaluator, contributes to Sirius XM, NHL radio, uh, writes some tremendous articles over at EP Ringside, uh, also is one of the hosts of the Off the Post radio podcast. Um, and uh, this past week, Russ released version 5.0 of his top 45 ranking uh, for the 2023 NHL entry draft, not a not a mock draft, but this is his his ranking of the top 45. Uh, and so uh, we thought it was a great time for Russ to come uh, back on the show. And so he joined us. Uh, he joins us this week uh, to talk to Rick and I about the draft and the options that the Montreal Canadiens are going to have with that much coveted fifth overall pick. Well, we're creeping closer and closer to the end of May, which means that we are creeping closer and closer to the NHL draft coming up at the end of June. And that means it is time to once again uh, have a visit and a and a sit down with our good friend and colleague, Russ Cohen. Uh, you can find him, of course, at Sportsology on Twitter, uh, a tremendous prospect writer. You can find his work at EP Ringside and hear him on SiriusXM Radio. Uh, Russ, we are always happy to get a chance to chat with you. Thanks so much for being back with us today. No, appreciate it, Amy. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. Um, I, first off, let's let's kind of ease into it a little bit. And just, if you could, give us an overall view from your perspective of, in general, the talent level and depth of the 2023 NHL entry draft, um, kind of overall, but particularly that that top 10 and, and that first round, how... How much talent is there? How deep do you, you know, everyone focuses on the Connor Bedard factor for this draft, but there's also been a lot of talk about the fact that there's, there could be a, a pretty decent amount of talent in this draft. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of talent. Like the top 10 is going to be one of the better top 10s we've seen in the last five to 10 years, I think. So uh, there's, you know, one generational player in Connor Bedard. I think there are three franchise players, maybe four. Uh, so you have that. Sometimes there's only a couple in the draft. And then, you know, you have – you're just loaded with centers, or at least my rankings are, maybe some others aren't, in that top ten, and that's always good. Not everybody ends up playing center, but uh, a fair amount of these will. And and then just, yeah, you have actual um, really high point value guys in this top ten, like not just, you know – somebody with size that might be able to score a little or somebody. No, no, no. These are all like really high point value guys, mostly first liners, uh, maybe one or two turn into a second liner if it's a really good team, but you know, but, but all with first line talent. Uh, if now if a defenseman goes in the top 10, there's really, in my estimation, no defenseman that I would say is a one or a two. Mm. So, but other teams may just draft a person. So this is where, like, fans have to look out for this. Uh, if a team decides, hey, we are so bad on D that this guy is going to be our instantly our, our best defensive prospect, and we'll see if we could turn him into a one or a two, hey, then they're not going to roll with that. And But that doesn't mean that that guy is. 
And so I think that that's something where because every every draft there are teams that take reaches or try and turn somebody into something that they're not at the time of the draft. And sometimes it works out like with Pierre Luc Dubois, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And so that's you know you always have to leave room for that. Absolutely. Well, you've recently uh, you you at your website sportsology.com, you you have your. Uh, Draft rankings. In fact, uh, just recently this week, you put out version 5.0 of your top mm-hmm. 45. Uh, keeping in mind, this is a uh, your your rankings, not a mock. Um, mm-hmm. Before we kind of take a look at, we we all know that Montreal is selecting at number five. So before we kind of take a look at who could possibly or potentially be available for them, uh, could you briefly just touch on your top three and and just speak a little bit about those top three? Yeah, sure. So, you know, Connor Bedard, uh, generational guy, just uh, great motor, very smart, super skilled, can get into the net. I don't worry about his size. He keeps everybody off guard. He's a great passer. He shoots at a lot of different angles. He's got a great release on his shot. Uh, it's really hard to pin him down in any shift. So, so he he he's a, a you know a threat every time he's on the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Fantilli, uh, man, he I, I spoke to him early this year and was intrigued, and he's just gotten better and better. You know he he was leading Michigan in the uh, in the NCAA's, and you know got to see him in the regionals in, in Lehigh, and mm-hmm. uh, very impressive. Was the best guy in his team as a you know as a true freshman. He has speed. He has physicality. He plays a two-way game. He can bring the puck up the ice if you need him to, like a Bedard, not necessarily with the same um, stick and puck control, but, you know, very good. And he also can, you know, find those open spaces. He, on most teams, will will lead them in scoring. And he's just he's great in the slot. He's got super fast hands, dangerous around the net. So... Again, uh, nothing where you would say, hey, he's, you know, fast for a big guy. No, no, he's just fast. (laughs) So, and he plays at speed. So there's that. And then Leo Carlson, who's still playing, although I don't watch much of the um, world championships, I do look at in-game stuff, but I don't watch full games. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's decent action. It's it's not the greatest. It's okay. I, for people in Europe, I get it. It's big for them. So I don't want to totally denigrated and there's things you could pick up from it but carlson just the way he can work through traffic at speed with somebody on him uh he's got a a frame you could still build on he's got excellent stick and puck control some of the you know he's in the top two in that in this draft he's he's very physically strong already hard to get off the puck and he's another guy who finds that open ice so that's something where right now is he a center? Is he a wing? Don't know. But if a team tried to make him a center, I think he could do it. So that's that's your top three for me. So at number four, and we might as well talk about it now, the real wild card in the draft, um, Matt Michkov, um, and and there's reasons why um, I call him a, 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 a wild card. Um, but there's there's a ton of talent there, and and. Mm-hmm. At number four, is this is this like the the most talented number four ranked player uh, that you've seen in a while? Yeah, yeah, definitely ever. And 
it, you know, again, I'm not ranking him for because he's over in Russia and he's not going to play here for four years. I'm not. It's not that. Um, sometimes I get some intel from Russia over there here for me and to tell me certain things about the player. And then, you know, I've seen what I've seen, which is tremendous. And so then I have to put it all kind of in a blender. And compared to the other two, I just think uh, he's right. I mean, a lot of people will say he's the second best guy, and I'm not going to argue with anybody. Uh, just But based on the little, little bit that I know and what I've seen of him, which is tremendous. Like he, he has tremendous hands. He has tremendous edge work. He, uh, he's really – he's hard to pin down in a shift too. He's always active. He can – you know, in a minute he can become a scorer and, and get your top shelf. Like he is a complete threat all the time and – and they're definitely going to do the right things with him uh, over in Russia because he's going to be their their big moneymaker. But he's always a step ahead of the defense. He can deke around them. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, he'll use the backhand. More guys are using the backhand now. He's smart without the puck. He does a lot of good things that way too. So, again, when he's full speed, it's hard to handle him. So the thing is with Mitchkov is I have to figure out what his ceiling is and compared to the other two, and I think that's a little part of it, why he's at four for me. But as far as being a potential franchise guy, yeah, he's a potential franchise guy. Now, the the guy you have at number five is is a guy I've liked since the beginning of the season, playing for the Winnipeg Ice, actually still playing in the WHL yeah. uh, final, uh, and that's Zach Benson, um, just a real dynamic player. Yeah, super smart. Uh, I don't worry about his size now, if you're going to say, will he be a center at that size? I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think so. Uh, but it's possible he might not be, and that's and that's fine. The smartest player in the draft, uh, I think that even though people will say he's not the fastest, I think between his brain and his edge work, he knows where to go and knows how to get there and doesn't really have a problem with any of it. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I think... If he could lengthen his stride, uh, it'll even make him that much more dynamic. I mean, I, I look at Cole Caulfield, who wasn't the best skater mm-hmm. when he first got to uh, Montreal, and he's a much better skater now. The last two years, I saw a big difference in him. Fast one-timer, really good in the slot, uh, gifted passer, great vision. So there's so many things to like, and if somebody's going to say, well, we already have Cole Caulfield." And, you know, and, and he's a small guy. I'd be like, so what? I don't care. <laughs> like, it's just, I, I, I don't. And you're going to have Lane Hudson. So, again, yeah. yes, you have to have some size to um, balance those guys. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Uh, but, you know, again, by the time a guy like Benson would come in, uh, you would lose a Gallagher. And he's not the same player, trust me. He's a lot more gifted offensively, and he's not nearly as tough and gritty, but I'm just saying small guy for small guy, they're the same size. So, you know, it's not something that I would be worried about. That uh, brings us to uh, another guy that we'd we'd like to get your take on, and that's who you have listed as number six, a a top American prospect in this draft, Will Smith. Um, What's your your outlook on him? I do think he'll be uh, a top-line center. I do. I know some people think he'll be a winger, but I don't think so. Um, I've seen enough from him 
Uh, as far as his two-way play, I think some who have picked on him for his two-way play haven't seen enough of it. Uh, I've seen him a lot live this year, and, and I feel like it has picked up and gotten better. I, I like his speed. He's one of these quick-strike guys, so he's a guy that literally could be working in a game and you don't really see too much or say too much about him for a period, period and a half, two periods, and all of a sudden he gets a goal, he gets an assist, he starts getting on the board. You know, But he everything he does is at speed. Uh, he's very intelligent. Uh, he is a guy that I think will put some muscle on. So I don't really worry about that. But again, another really good hockey brain and just all around gifted with the puck, especially like when he's playing at speed, like the stick and puck control on him is really, really good. And and he has an excellent shot. So he's not like a one trick pony or anything like that. He can go in a lot of different places in the draft uh, on the ice. I mean, and so that's all also in the draft, but <laughs> I think there is a little bit um too much recency bias with the uh, with the U18s, and I think he's been artificially boosted in that. Uh, so that's that's my only thing. It's like I think people got a little too crazy, like you know, already talking about, hey, maybe it'll take him third or something or hmm. or fourth. And I I get it, like I wouldn't do it, but I I get why people are saying it. So the, those group of players are possibly the players that the Canadians will have avail- available to them with the uh, with their first first round pick at number five they have and I got s- one more I'd like to add. oh yeah sure go ahead go for it yeah so so Delaware Dvorsky is worthy of being talked about here I do think he'll play center uh, he's a guy that is already physically strong so he's a guy that literally could come over play right in the AHL and then you can see what you have and maybe he gets to the NHL a little quicker but I would do it the right way and play him in the NH in the AHL mm-hmm. right away, not like what they did with Slavkovsky, which I felt was the wrong way. Yes. Which you know, Montreal has done that. We agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah, and they took the lumps for that. Yeah, uh, with Tavorsky, same thing. So I think that if they did that way, uh, he you know he's used to playing against men. His stick and puck control is really good. You saw the amount of goals he scored in the U18s. He's fully capable of that. He's got a great shot. He's a bit of a showman, so I think people in the market would like him. I like his back-checking. Uh, he's better defensively on smaller ice. I've had a few people overseas uh, pick on me that go to his games and say, well, he's not good here. And it's like, well, he's playing up in age. Uh, let's start with that. It's bigger ice and everything. But I've seen him against his own age, and he's really good. He wins puck battles in the corners, and you're not losing any offense. So I think he has to be in the conversation too. Mm. And and those are the guys that I have in the conversation for Montreal is Mitchkov, Benson, Smith, and Dvorsky. Still doesn't mean they'll pick somebody else because sometimes teams just, you know, have somebody else higher. But mm-hmm. but I think those are the ones we're talking about. And if it wasn't obvious, uh, Dvorsky is uh, from Slovakia as well, as well as Mishar and, and uh, Slavkovsky. Um, wondered if we can look towards the back end of the first round um, mm-hmm. And uh, the Canadians have uh, Florida's pick, and and that pick is uh, rapidly dropping. Yeah, tw- 20... Oh yeah, that may be the worst pick in the league. But <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Twenty ninth at best now, but um, yeah, they're on a roll. Um, w- what do you see? Who do you see? Uh, or maybe a couple players as value picks at at the end of of uh, the first round of the draft? Yeah. So if you're looking at my rankings, a lot of times you would have to push guys down about five spots. 
somewhere in, in that five spot range. So like the cutoff might be, you know, Sturback or Allen, somebody like that. Um, Nate Danielson definitely too, because somebody's going to take him in the first round. I just don't love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'll tell you what I think. If he was still on the board, and I don't know if he will be, if Lucas Dragasevic was on the board, I would take him because he's similar to Keandre Miller in that he's not played the position of defense for that long. But the the offensive skill that this guy has is really good. He's got good speed. He um, There is an article on EP Ringside that I did on him, and I was very impressed with just the way he has sort of picked up the defensive game. And so I think... He's a guy that that's somebody Montreal doesn't really have a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's not like Broberg either. Like he's better, I think, defensively than a Broberg. Um, there's also some toughness with him. Uh, he, you know, he will take good penalties, but he he could pile on the points and he's got a great shot. He practices it a lot. Uh, I mean, this year he had 75 points in 68 games, four points in six playoff games and you're getting that from the blue line and that's a, a spot where i look at montreal and i say woof if he's there you know maybe i look at him uh a dark horse could be like a charlie strammel or strammel i hear both <laughs> uh he had a rough rough year at wisconsin like they put him like second line center i think for a little while and that was the wrong thing to do i'm not sure he'll be a center i think he's more of a left winger and so but he's tough he's a good skater he always plays up in age so he's you know he's already physically mature he's always done well playing up in age this year he could have had better stats but wisconsin was kind of like a train wreck next year they'll be much better have much better coaching and and i think use him in a spot where He's going to succeed, but I, I've watched him for two, three years now playing up with the national team and everything else, and he's just he's not a big name. He's not going to be a big-time scorer, but he is going to be a guy that um, can play in your bottom six but be really, really effective. Like He's going to be a guy that you'll plug in. He's going to play uh, in the NHL. It's not like Michael McCarron where it's going to take him 15 years or something <laughs> like that. So he's a guy that could be valuable because, again – you're not. I mean, I I can point to um, the Bruins when they took Trent Frederick, and a lot of Bruins fans booed. They were like, "Ah, oh, what are you taking this guy for? First round pick. He's probably a fourth liner." <laughs> well, yeah, but how good is he? Like, he's a yeah. really good fourth, fourth liner. liner, right? Yeah, and and I think you know this guy would be the same way. And so, you know, again, and I don't think Montreal is going to really with Saint Louis, however long he stays. Maybe he he'll be there when when Strammel's back there. Maybe he won't be, but there'll be a day where most teams are going to have four lines where everybody can score anyhow, mm-hmm. and and he certainly can do that. But he's also going to bring those other intangibles too that you kind of like. And you know, based on the fact that they're going to have some smaller players, he would be a good guy to have with that. Um, he knows Lane Hudson, so there's some um, continuity there too. So I, I just feel like. That could be a really good pick for them. Just one last one, if I can squeeze this in. Uh, yeah, top yeah. top forty five, and we don't see a goaltender. Um, no. What's your thought on on the the goaltending class for twenty twenty three? It's really good. Like there's, I have identified about seven really good goalies, and the problem is there's so many good players that I've had um, Michael Robble. In this mix, 
and then he just got moved out based on the overall talent in this draft. But I do think we'll see goalies go in the second round towards the middle and the bottom. I do. And so Harabo probably, if he's not the first off the board, he'll be the second off the board. But there's there's about seven of them. And I just interviewed Adam Gage on that article. will be up on EP Rinkside soon. Uh, I don't know if you want to start loading up on Slovaks, but why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's really good. And, and he's going to play in Green Bay next year. So he's another one. So between second and third, there'll be a run on him. Mm. And I think th- there's a lot of uh, 1B types. Uh, Harabo looks like he could be a 1. Uh, don't go by stats. I mean, he was playing on a mediocre team. Stats don't always tell the different the, the story. You know, Gajon could be another one, too, over time. Uh, definitely could be a 1B. Maybe could be a 1. We'll see. He had a really good year in the North, in the North American Hockey uh, yeah, North American Hockey League, and then a little bit with the USHL, but he really only went to the USHL um, just so nobody could draft him next year. So Green Bay now will have him for the whole year because he played some games there. So that was shrewd on that on their part and mm. the players' part. So now he's already mapped out his path there, and then he'll go to college after that. So, uh, yeah, very good goalie draft, and I do think they need to get in on that. Speaking of of stats, it, it's sometimes um, hard to evaluate a goaltender when they're on a, uh, a a not very good team, and and the Brandon Weekings were that not very good team this this year. And but um, what what's your thoughts on a Carson uh, Bjarnson? Yeah, I I don't really have him in my radar for the the top forty five, and that just may be me. There are just some guys that elude me, and so I haven't seen enough of them. I haven't. That's fair. That is absolutely fair. Um, I think uh, this year's entry draft promises to be, you know, it's always an exciting event uh, to see how it all falls. Uh, but I think this one's going to be pretty dynamic, uh, as you've mentioned, Russ, with with the amount of talent, particularly in the first uh, round or two. Uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting draft uh, to witness this year. We always thank you so much for taking time out to come out to talk to us and our listeners here at the Canadians Connection pod, excuse me, podcast. Um, always value your insight. You've got such great research uh, and, and conversations that you've had with so many prospects. Um, and uh, we thank you very much once again for being here with us today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Always fun to come on the show. And be sure to follow Russ if you'd like to read uh, his prospect um, articles. You can find them at EP Ringside, Sportsology.com. You can hear him on SiriusXM. And be sure you're following Russ at Sportsology on Twitter. And uh, Russ, will be sure to have you back again soon. Cool. Anytime. Thanks, Russ. There are a number of scouts out there and a number of people who evaluate prospects uh, professionally uh, in the media who do a tremendous job. And Russ is definitely one of those who is uh, top of the class. He is very thorough. He interviewed not only does he personally scout and not just watch video, but I mean, travel to see scouts uh, travel to see prospects. I should say he he always attends the combine Uh, But he interviews a ton of players as well. He goes very in-depth. His his rankings are always very genuine, very intelligent, and very fair, uh, to be quite honest. And uh, it's always always fun, Rick, to have him on the show. He just offers such great insight. Absolutely. One of the best out there, no question. 
uh, doesn't follow the crowd. His um, his his rankings are are very genuine, very sincere. And as you said, I I really like his articles for EP Rinkside, mm-hmm. and he takes the time to interview uh, so many of the the prospects. And for him to come on and and to um, include four players that should be in the conversation, in his opinion, uh, for the Canadians as they uh, try to determine the best prospect at number five overall. And uh, we'll mention again, Matt Michkoff, Zach Benson, Will Smith, and Dalibor Dvorsky. Um, all uh, players that you should get to know a little bit better, and we're glad to have uh, Russ Cohen on to help you uh, understand who these players are. Absolutely. So thanks again to Russ for joining us. It's a busy time of year for him. Uh, we appreciate him taking out some time to chat with us and to chat with all of you. And uh, we look forward to having him back again soon. All right. We are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, prior to our first break, I had mentioned that uh, Raycon Audio has a special incentive for our listeners just this month. And so you are now going to hear from them about what that incentive is and how you can take advantage of it. You don't want to miss that. And then up next, we're going to read your uh, we're, we're going to give you our question of the week for you to send us an answer. And we're going to hear some comments and feedback from you that we've received on Twitter and via our text line uh, over the past week. Share with you a little bit of that and let your voices be heard so you don't want to miss it. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Let's face it, with coffee starting at five bucks, yes, even without any customizations and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on? Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Now, Why would you want to spend a little bit less on earbuds? Well, because let's face it, getting good quality earbuds or headphones can sometimes really break the bank. And to find a product that has premium quality audio with tons of features at a really reasonable price is kind of one of those leprechauns that you want to take advantage of. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other, more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. And they offer free domestic shipping and flat-fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews, and I have to say, I'm one of them. I am a Raycon user. I have a pair of the Everyday Earbuds, and they're just phenomenal. They are so comfortable. There are 
lots of different custom gel tips so you get a perfect, really comfortable in-ear fit, uh, really good um, noise isolation. There's an awareness mode so you can let some, some outside noise seep in if you want to be aware of what's going on around you. Customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, you name it, these earbuds have it. So what to do now? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Well, hello once again, and welcome back to episode 244 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget to follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com, where you will find a full archive of this show. If you ever miss an episode, that's the place to go and catch up on anything that you might have missed. Also, be sure if you have a question, a comment, um, a suggestion, some feedback, anything, you can text us at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, at the Rocket Sports text line. What's that number? It is 5853-ROCKET. Again, 5853-ROCKET. This week... Rocket Sports, we've had, of course, over at HabsHockeyReport.com, we've had uh, Chris G's Habs notepad, which kind of helped set things up for Worlds this week and so forth. And uh, Rick, uh, Chris Chris is always coming through, even in the offseason, every Monday. Folks can count on that Habs notepad article. And as well as Habs news happens, uh, you're right there with the Habs headlines throughout the week. Just uh, capsule articles. Um, we know that your time is limited in the summer. It is the summer now. Um, and uh, so between the, the headlines articles and uh, the Monday's uh, Habs notepad, uh, there's everything that you need to keep uh, abreast of everything going on with the Montreal Canadiens uh, as uh, summer moves along. Also, be sure if you haven't done so already, um, particularly for the summer in the off season, be sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel, you can find us at youtube.com slash allhabs. And there you will find uh, every Thursday I host the Habs Hockey Report show. Uh, We've been doing that for just over a year now. We've had tremendous response. Uh, It's always a fun show uh, to watch, something usually revolving around a hot topic surrounding either the NHL or the Montreal Canadiens specifically. And we will be there doing that all summer long. Uh, and so be sure you're subscribed there as well. And I've mentioned earlier in the show, be sure you're subscribed to your Rocket Sports Radio podcast on wherever, whichever platform, whichever podcast app you choose to use. Both this uh, podcast, be sure you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection if you haven't done so already, and the aforementioned Press Zone podcast, which I host uh, each and every Tuesday over on AHLReport.com uh, and uh There are times that Rick Stevens joins me in the studio for that. And each and every week we have an AHL hot stove segment where our one and only uh, good friend and AHL expert, our colleague Patrick Williams, joins us uh, for that as well. So you can find that at thepresszone.fm. 
and be sure you're subscribed there as well. Rick, it's a it's a fun Canadians Connection question of the week for our listeners, and we want to hear your responses. Be sure to to leave your response to this. With your pick a platform: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Use the text line at five eight five three Rocket. Send us an in- email if you want. Should the Canadians once again dip into the Slovak hockey pool for their first round pick? And we're talking about one of the names uh, mentioned by Russ Cohen, uh, Dvorsky, who would follow uh, two first-round picks from Slovakia last year, uh, being uh, Slavkovsky and Mishar. So uh, that's the question we want to know your opinion, uh, whether um, the Canadians have something going with their, their Slovak hockey players. <laughs> uh, I've mentioned it earlier in the show uh, that we really do uh, listen and read all of your contributions on our Rocket Sports text line or when you reach out to us via social media or email. Uh, and I also encouraged you to do that because there is a good chance uh, that we will read your comment on the air and talk about it. And you have a couple of uh, examples of that for us this week, Rick. Uh, one from Twitter and one that you received on the Rocket Sports text line. Uh, Matt on uh, Twitter, Matt from Shadowgate, Quebec, uh, says, quote, here's who I think the Habs will pick at number five. Uh, will Smith, um, who we've, we've been talking about, the, the U.S. Uh, National Development Program, uh, at 29 or 30 or 31, wherever that, wherever pick that turns is. out to be. Uh, Cohen Zemer, uh, who plays for the Prince George Cougars, uh, had a great season with um, 89 points in 68 games. Might be a bit of a reach here. Um, right now he's ranking kind of mid as a mid-second round pick. Uh, and with that second round pick uh, at number 37, he's looking goaltending. And that's uh, Michael Rabel uh, from the Omaha Lancers. Uh, that he's the the, the project, uh, six mm-hmm. foot six, um, and uh, that would be uh, an interesting pick of the Canadians for the future. Uh, Michael Rabel is back with Omaha next season, and then is committed the year after that to the University of Massachusetts. And then coming in on the Rocket Sports text line, uh, you had a comment from Trevor in Brandon, Manitoba. Uh, the text was, thanks for including goaltenders in last week's draft show. You're welcome. Um, the Canadians need to get a top prospect in this draft. I like Carson Bjarnason uh, from Brandon. Well, he's from Brandon, so he must have <laughs> been following the the Wheat Kings. Yeah. Um, and knowing that that uh, Carson Bjarnason, again, this is it, you don't look at the numbers. Uh, don't don't look at goals against and and save percentage there. Um, uh, Bjarnason played on a, a not a very good team uh, with the Wheat Kings, um, but he is uh, Central Scouting Bureau's uh, top North American, uh, top-ranked North American goaltender. Um, the other name he has is Scott Ratcliffe, uh, sorry, Ratcliffe uh, from the Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, who just captured the, the WHL um, championship. Uh, Ratcliffe... Um, Interesting that Ratzliff split duties with uh, Milic, uh, who we mentioned earlier, uh, the MVP of of the WHL playoffs. He split uh, time with with Milic in the uh, regular season, but Milic carried the load uh, through the playoffs. Uh, Ratzliff hasn't played, 
Uh, however, Ratzleff is in Central Scouting's rankings is ranked fourth. Uh, not much love for Thomas Millich at 28. That could be uh, due to size. Uh, but both, uh, both include uh, goaltender comments, and and uh, we're happy to get your uh, your tweets, your texts, and your emails. Thanks so much, Matt and Trevor, and all of you. If you have a question or comment uh, or an answer to this week's uh, question of the week, be sure to let us know, and we might read your response next week on the show. Uh, as you mentioned at the top of the program, Rick, want to wish a very happy Victoria Day to you and all of our listeners uh, north of the border who will be celebrating the kickoff to summer this weekend. Those of us south of the border down here in the States, we have to wait a week, all right. which is kind of funny uh, that our temperatures are usually warmer. Like the weather actually turns more summer like here first. But you guys want to get a you, you want you you're. You want to get in there. <laughs> we're, we're just hardy people. What, what can we say? <laughs> That's right. Get summer started as soon as you can. Hope uh, hope everyone celebrating Victoria this day this weekend has a wonderful long weekend. And uh, now our next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast, of course, will be next Saturday, May 27th. Michael Spinella will be back in the hosting chair. Uh, I'm just keeping it warm for him this week. So be sure uh, to check out that episode. I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about, uh, as well as maybe some surprises along the way. Some some great things coming that you won't want to miss. So be to be sure that you don't miss it. Make sure that you've tapped that subscribe button to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast on your favorite podcast app. Share this episode on your favorite social media platform. And uh, just be sure that you come back again next week for another fun and exciting episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians.